You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the craven too comes from the green dragon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. Well, more of a short, maybe not a full-length episode, but then again, I have been shot in the foot many times by saying, this will be a little quick little one, and it ends up blowing out to like an hour and a half. But anyway, I am joined with me today by Jeremy. Hello, Kylie. Hello. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been, it has been so long, yes. And one of our good friends, Tyler. Hello. And we're here to kind of share with you all a little fun tournament that we, uh, all three of us, uh, just recently attended called Blitz 200. Now, the premise of this tournament is essentially 200-point armies, no unified, like, tournament round format. It's just grab your army, find an opponent, and play as many games as physically possible. What do you guys think about this format? Because I, I thought it was a pretty damn good idea. Jeremy? Yeah, um, I have not been to a tournament for a long, long time. And I guess I was uh, getting a little bit stale on the, the formatting for it. And one of my biggest issues with tournaments is that uh, you're stuck in the very rigid times. And I, I'm always frustrated that the games either finish too... Like, the, the time finishes too quickly, so you don't get to the end of your games... Or they go way too long. You finish your game and you're stuck for an hour just waiting around. And what I loved about this format is once you finished your game, you just look for another game. And it was absolutely brilliant. So every game I played went to its natural conclusion, which was amazing. And then I constantly had games because there was so many people to, to just go and play with as well. So I thought this format was outstanding. And it was probably one of my favorite formats that I've ever been to. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with that too. I mean, I had an absolute blast. I wasn't there for the full day because that was the other really cool thing with it being a non-structured format that you could just kind of come and go throughout the day. So some people left early at like 3 o'clock. Uh, some people arrived at 10 and played the whole way through. Some people like myself, you know, rocked up late. You know, let's be honest, that was probably always going to be a given. But yeah, Tyler, what did you think about it? Um, I loved it in the sense that it was great for any level of player, whether it's like a new player or like a seasoned person just coming in and playing. To be honest, like the fact that you only have to paint 200 points worth of an army and then be able to just put that on the table is a lot easier than, say, your 650 or 800 points. Um, the pace of the games was absolutely fantastic. The fact that you can get in so many games and feel like, hey, no worries. After about three hours, four hours, you've probably gotten maybe like four or five, and then you can leave and just chill. Um, yeah, that was definitely, yeah, the probably my favorite aspect was the fact that it's not too intimidating for new players to come into the scene, play a couple games, meet everyone, and kind of go from there. Yeah, I thought it was just, uh, honestly, I'm a bit annoyed that I hadn't come up with it, I, the idea myself. Uh, because it was just, it, <laughs> I, it was so simple. And that's what I absolutely loved about it. And I know Alex, who is a friend of ours who, who ran the tournament, um, put a lot of effort in the background to like do playtesting, to, to kind of figure out what's on a ban list, and also figure out that you had to bring a minimum of eight models so that you couldn't do something cheesy like just rock up and go, here is my Aragorn on a horse with all the fancy toys have fun dealing with that instead you had a 
most of the heroes were a, a bit more lower key, you know, captain level uh, kind of stuff. Um, I think the biggest hero I saw throughout my entire day was Tariel. Uh, I don't know about you guys, you guys kind of like attest to that in terms of like the army list and stuff that you were seeing. Yeah, I think that was pretty close to it. That was, that was my Tariel that yes. you saw that was pretty high level. Um, I think that you occasionally saw some of those 80, 90 point heroes. There was a couple of Gondor ones. Um, the What's the one on horse that um, looks after? Huron. Yeah, yeah the, saw that around. Um, there, was, there was a lot of um, that Hunter Orc level character and the, lots of three might characters, you know, the ones that are 60-ish points. But that was pretty consistent. There was a, a Delamere hanging around, which was pretty nasty, but... Uh, no, I think I think that was about the highest level. I didn't didn't notice anything really over a hundred that I saw. There might have been, but I think most people were carrying it around that that one or two heroes that are 50, 60, 70 points. I think the Mordor Troll Chieftain was in like three people's lists or two. I think it was like Theo running the troll Mordor Troll Chieftain, like the Black Gate open, yeah. so I don't know how many points is that. Um uh, yeah. yeah, I think Nathan ran it as well. I think that was probably the only model that really I think I ran into that was a little bit more, I guess, buff in in terms of its points value. Yeah, well, the other thing kind of too with the the tournament is that the the board size for all the games were two foot by two foot. So it, it was like really, really compact, really, really close quarters and stuff like that. So that these big kind of heroes, like, yeah, they're really nasty, but like, they can't really do all of the objectives all the times and because the the scenarios were kind of rewritten to accommodate being on two foot by two foot it kind of made it i don't know it, it seemed to even it out a lot more jeremy can you speak a little bit more to like kind of like the scenarios and what you thought in terms of like the retooling of some of the scenarios in the tournament in that aspect Absolutely. Uh, we were all playing on two foot by two foot boards, which was a stroke of genius in that it's all action. And I find that in a lot of games, you end up playing on a small area anyway. It's just some part of the board whereabouts it is. It meant that all the boards could have a high concentration of terrain as well, including some terrain that you could climb up or jump over or some water features. Lots of things that, that really made you interact with the terrain. You couldn't avoid it. There was very few boards that had big open areas that you could fit your whole army in. Uh, you had usually between 8 and I think 16 models or so was about the highest I saw, but some people might have had a couple more than that. But it's only a small amount of models, so really dynamic uh, games. But the scenarios were, were, I think, where the brilliance were in that most of them were battle company scenarios without the really weird, like, hunt a thousand wags or a trolls type scenarios. But all the ones where you go and you do something to get the win, and you have to do that, and you can get a draw, but most of the time you either get a win or a loss. So there was, like... Uh, ones where you had to pick up a whole bunch of objectives or on the ground light objects and there were six of them on the board in a circle and you had to go grab at more than three to, to win well you had to get more than your opponent to win the game and the game ended at certain points either break uh, random rolls or 25 percent there was a couple like contest of champion type ones or, or maybe one of those i don't know how many there was but all the scenarios encouraged movement which I thought was really good. There was there was none that I really noticed that would just stand back and hang around type scenarios. There was a, a Maelstrom one that I played, which is fantastic. Uh, we modified it in that um, for all the deployments, you had to alternate between models. And I think for Maelstrom, that was just brilliant because we came on one model, one model, one model, one model, and had a lot of fun that way. But it was, I think, just 
uh, it showed all the best things about Lord of the Rings, the little interactions, the trying to get the, the traps, trying to put your models in the right spot without all the fluff, without all the filler, without all that like multiple turns just standing around and waiting for someone to engage. Everyone was just getting right into it and moving forward. And I think that was just because the scenarios, one, they encourage you to just get in and, and get your objective as soon as you can, but also because you knew there was another game around the corner. So I don't think I saw anyone really just doing a, a gun line stand at the back of the board and just wait for your opponent to come at you. There was Everyone just got into it, and, and I thought that was just a, a fantastic um, thing for it. So 200 points which is a very small amount. You had minimum of eight models. I don't know that there was a maximum. There was a few models on the ban list, and they're usually ones that either brought extra models on or um, like Tom Bombadil and these sort of ones. I think Castellans of Dol Gul Dor yeah, were on there as well. And I, they, I think Scribe was yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. A, few, a few few banned models. And we could probably just put the players back up around wherever we get this podcast. But I, um, I, I just thought that the format itself was really good. Everyone's armies... There was a difference in power level, and I feel like um, when we start talking about armies, we're talking about the power levels we thought there. But because it's such a low points level, everyone's close enough to have a good game and, and move around. And what I loved as well is you got to take a good and evil list if you chose to. Um, I'm not sure about the randomizing. We just rolled at the start of each game, and on a 4+, plus you took your good army. On a 1, 2, 3, you took your evil army. I prefer the if someone takes a good army, the other person takes the evil army. But uh, it just kept the game fresh as well and, and kept the kept it moving. So the format itself w- was brilliant. It was simple. Uh, a lot of the scenarios involved objectives much closer together than normal. Like there's things like capture the flag where they were closer together. Uh, the ones where you had to hold objectives, you had to be within an inch instead of within three inches. But all that sort of stuff was minor changes to take well, basically all the best scenarios from the battle companies and the, the match playbook and put them onto a little smaller scale. Yeah, Tyler, what, what did uh, what did you think in terms of like that? Because I know you're a little bit newer to the game, so did you feel at all that it was like jarring to go from these like big sweeping, you know, 650, 800 point games on 4x4s to these smaller 200 point games on, yeah, 2x2s? Um, I actually felt it was so much better because uh, I'm definitely, I guess, more keen to actually get into the fight than then to just sort of kite and shoot, take space, etc. Um, I also liked sort of just to kind of go with Jeremy's point of the, it helps both, I guess, even veteran players and new players get used to the sort of micros of the game, like, oh, I can put my one guy here to block this space and sort of uh, shield off an area. Um, just certain things like that that I really found were just awesome to sort of get in a such a small army that you could really be able to go, oh, I'm going to move to this area, utilize my throwing spears, and then I can be in charging range because of the, such a small board and we can get right into it. It just made it like you only have really like one turn of shooting and you're getting right into the action. There wasn't any like, oh, we're going to do two to three turns of just shoot oh, I'm going to wait till I dismount your hero, and then then I'll feel comfortable going in. It was just like, no, nah, we're here. This scenario really just says we need to charge at each other, and that's how we win. And I think that was like just so much better than just normal tournaments, to be honest, because you'll just always have certain armies or, that will be more tailored to that sort of kiting, really utilizing their shooting effectively. Um, which is a part of the game. It's just more so like it just slows the game down so much versus this 
just made the games just so much quicker. It was just like instant, just, hey, we're here. I'm gonna, it's chance encounter. Let's just run at each other and go from there. Um, and even like the objective ones where it was like, hey, we just got to rush to these objectives and flip them and see which one it is. And like, because I've never played, this is my second time playing an evil army. I have no, I've played an evil army one other time for a tournament. Um, and so playing with evil again, I was like, oh man, I'm starting to get tempted by the dark side. I'm like, oh, you will, you will. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man, once toys. I see all this, all the toys, it's just, days. it's just the synergies that I'm like, where was this for good? I'm like, ah, I need this. I need this. It's just, ah, man, it's, it was just so much fun to play with something that I never played with before. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is oh man i'm I'm definitely gonna buy some of these <laughs> like so yeah it definitely opened my eyes to a different sort of style of play as well yeah corsairs i think was a was a good pick too because corsairs have got some like really really wacky play patterns that you can you can play into and stuff with like the shooting into combat the the, the backstabbers mm-hmm. and, and the reavers particularly have just yeah, they're, 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 yeah. A, they're a lot of fun. I think that's a, probably a good leap. The, the stuff I forgot to actually use. Yeah, so, so if you're playing as a normal mommy, yeah, just wait till you you, uh, you pull out all actually the tricks. Actually, use the rules. Because, uh, yeah. Kylie, we haven't told the audience who we're playing yet. Don't get ahead of yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's Kylie's fault. That's not yours. Yeah, anyway. Gotta set the scene, Jack. Scene. Well, speaking of setting the scene, what was your prep? Uh, for this tournament for both of you because like for me my prep was oh Blitz 200 is tomorrow quick message to Alex hey I think I'll show up tomorrow for the tournament see you then and then Alex says me like uh, can you send me the list and payment I'm like see you then and like just didn't reply to after that and just rocked up on 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 Saturday afternoon just with 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 two cases going I'm here to play um, what about you, T? Did you have, like, any prep into the tournament? Did you guys do anything particular? Chest out armies and stuff like that? Or did you just do what I did and just rock up? So, um, I definitely did a prep day at my house the Friday, or, like, the day before. Because uh, I had never played with the army, the evil army I played with. The ro- the good army I had played with many times, and I was just like, yeah, I don't need to practice that. It was more so the uh, evil army that I had maybe like three practice games with and then I was like yep we're running this let's get it and go from there that was basically sort of my prep because I, I as I said I never really played evil armies and I was like as soon as I played those three games I was like yep I'm sold time to time to run this for me what'd you take for me oh sorry I ended up taking uh so Corsairs uh Dalamir and a Bosun five reavers and two arbalistas and then for yep. good i took earl the young uh seven rohan royal guards with throwing spear mm. oh not the not the sons no 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 sons uh Ooh. not at all okay cool well yeah uh, so my preparation uh i saw some of the people at uh david's um friday night games just playing 200 points games, trying out, practicing, practicing for tournaments, all that sort of stuff. And for most of the times they start doing this, I kind of ignore it lately and I just go play my other games that I've been playing. Maybe some Rings, maybe some Warcry, maybe something else. But I uh, 
sort of found out that the date for this one was one that I'll be available, which is a rarity. So I thought that uh, at the last minute that I'll join in, messaged Alex, just like Kylie did quite late, uh, played one game preparation uh, against David the night before and just absolutely got destroyed. I took my Hunter Orcs uh, and he took um, the his his list, which was one of his was Dwarf oh, Kings, yeah, the Dwarf Ranger list. Uh, 12 yeah, Dwarf Rangers. Nasty. Yeah, and a bunch of throwing weapons, and they just pretty much took me off the board straight away. So I, I thought, okay, I've, what I've learned is that I just need to keep my army together because splitting it up at this points level, like you split up a little bit, but not a huge amount because I need to be able to support each other. And if he takes me on piecemeal, I'm absolutely gone. So I got, I got one lesson, I got one, one learning, one thing to do, and then I had my lists all prepped. I decided for uh, evil to take a Yazneg because. I wanted to take the stuff that looks really cool that I haven't played for a long time. And Yazneg is by far the nicest looking hunter orc that I have. So I took Yazneg with his lance and, and wag, a couple Felwag riders, uh, 10 hunter orcs, and one of them had a banner. And the banner is just Isn't so it? good. So good at this it's, level. It's, Not many people yes. took it, but... Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> it did so much work. And then for the elves, um, initially I was going to take just the Merkwood Elf Captain and some Merkwood Elves, but... In the end, I ended up taking Tariel with no bow, just just Tariel oh, on her own. Uh, one Merkwood. <laughs> I just just <laughs> yeah, no, I d- didn't bother with it. I'm not going to shoot. Just want to attack. So I took that. Took Merkwood Ranger, uh, two um, cavalry. So with the shield, the Merkwood Cav, two Merkwood Elves with the shield, and then a banner bearer with a glaive, and also an archer. So eight models in total. Very small tiny elf army but my thoughts for both these armies was that i wanted to have no matter what the matchup was have an option to beat it so if i took on a mortal troll chieftain both my armies had a strike so i've got a chance there if i took on an armored horde both my armies have the ability to get some some extra strength in there somehow and for the elves it's mostly tariel and the the two-handed uh, weapons for the evil army. It's well, hunter orcs are just great at, at taking strength. But I just did not want to to get to the game and felt like I didn't have a chance there. Each of them had a couple honesty bows, so there's two in each of the armies bows. I think I shot probably twice in the entire event. I think I killed one model in the entire event, and that was that was fine. That's all they needed to do. But the prep was pretty low. But as soon as I started playing, like it just felt like everything came back to me. I'm not not probably not playing as much as I used to play, but it just felt felt real. It felt like Lord of the Rings again, and uh, everything sort of came together pretty quickly. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can say from, from like, kind of my own experience, uh, having watched a couple of your games and having played you, uh, yes, you have not lost your edge, Jeremy. You are still as lethal as I remember. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know any of the rules anymore, so I just have to ask people what the profiles do. I, you know, it's it's funny because we, like we've been both playing this this game for a while now, and I've been finding lately I keep getting the edition um, confused of what we're currently in. So I keep like, for instance, the classic one that I keep forgetting is that um, you can shoot when you failed like a courage test now, and I always remember in like previous editions like you couldn't shoot after you failed a courage test, like you could do nothing further that turn, and I'm like, there's like. Little things like that that just always trip me up. I'm like, all oh, right, yeah, you can do that now, or no, you can't do that anymore. Just little things like that, and yeah, it's it's just it's just funny to see that that uh 
that I'm starting to 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 feel the effects of the 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 age old wargaming problem of I've been playing this game too long. <laughs> Side note: I, I don't think I use special like terror. I would like that terror thing to affect shooting because that's just crazy. I would love it to revert back to the old rule that you just mentioned by far. Sorry. <laughs> Downside is it comes back with uh, some, some older, less fun parts of the rules, like uh, um, uh, models when they fail courage tests for like running away, uh, broken army, they run towards the board edge rather than just running straight off the board. Huh? Yeah. That's yeah, it used to have models like ping-ponging back and forth from like running towards the board edge, running back towards the army, running back towards the board edge, because you don't, you only, you only run and flee the board uh, from failed courage tests in the old edition once you have physically run off the board. Wow. That would be so cool in this with the two by two boards, but mm. um, we're getting back to the reminiscing yes. stage as well, Kylie, and we're just going to, we could talk a whole we episode could. about how it's changed. I think we have talked a whole episode at some point <laughs> about the changes. That's pretty much all yeah. our episodes. Well, I'll quickly just uh, give a quick spiel about what I took. Um, both of my army lists were written literally before I was about to play. Um, famously, the Gondorian list was written uh, after I rolled the good side and went, I don't have anything in my, my head about what I was going to write. So I turned to Alex and went, Knight of the White Tower or Shield Wall? And Alex is like, Shield Wall? It's way more fun to play. And I'm like, cool. So I took Ingold, I think like eight tin cans, a couple of sick guard with bow and a cavalry guy. Um, like a Nightmare's Cherith, and that was my good force. And then for evil, I took uh, um, Azog's Legion with um, just a captain, like five of the tin cans, like sword, sword and shield and stuff. Maybe I think I have a spear or two in there as well. A uh, handful of berserkers, and the piece of resistance was uh, two warbats, which are uh, still as disgusting as I remember playing them. I didn't even know you had that army. Yeah, because I took the uh, um, the the Azog's tower to Sil. Uh, of course, yeah. Oh, how much yeah. Fun so that. I have I have all the remnants of it. I'm like, I wonder what it's like without the tower. <laughs> Turns out pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so vibe of the tournament. You walk in. What was what was it like? Because for me, I I enjoyed just being around. Uh, just in the game space for, for this tournament because we have like 38 players or something like that plus the TO uh, who was kind of playing as well because like 200 point games but I'll get into the special like what the TO was doing in his games uh, in a moment but I basically walked up said hi to Alex found a spot to sit down and just sat there the whole time I didn't get up for the whole like four hours I was at the tournament I just found a spot parked there and just let people come to me <laughs> Did you, I, I stood up the whole time I was like no I'm not sitting down I'm just going to keep moving and, and walk around And I really enjoyed the, just going up to people And asking for a game Because I feel like that's a real balancing factor In how you play a game Because I feel like in an event like this You're going to get a reputation pretty quickly If people don't like playing against you So I don't think we got anyone That I saw like like intentionally trying to ruin people's games or play negatively or causing any problems like that. It was just everyone was happy to play a game. You'd, you'd sort of eye someone off from across the other side. You'd point at them and they'll go, yep, let's do this and we'll go find a table and away we go. And um, it meant that, like, I don't think there's more than probably two minutes of downtime between games for me at all. It was always someone available. I can agree to that as well. Two minutes of downtime was about what I had between, some, most of the time even less than that, like, 
finish a game, someone walks past and guys goes, Kylie, have you got an opponent? And I'm like, um, nope, just finished a game. I was like, cool, did you want a game? I'm like, sure, grab your army and sit down. Because, uh, yeah, I, at that point I had the, the reputation of uh, if you want a game against Kylie, uh, you got to go to her, not me come to you kind of deal. Uh, a bit egotistical of me as I, I found <laughs> out halfway through the tournament. But, uh, you know, that's where we ended up. And I got to sit down the whole day. Yeah, no, I definitely like the vibe. Just the fact that you could easily just go, as you said, Jeremy, with the fact that you could just go, hey, I'm done. You up for a game? Easy. Keep moving. And we just go. And the fact that we were able to sort of just rotate tables. Because I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I played on the same, I think I played on the same table maybe once for the whole tourney. And that's what was great about it. It was just like, hey, a new table, new player, get into it. And then maybe it's like, I think I had a game that was like six and a half minutes. And then done, went to another game. Somebody finished and we're like, yep, easy. And I think the other thing I loved about this was the fact that you had the flexibility of even doing like three player or four player games that just seems so like hectic it's like four people playing on the same on that board it's like whoa or like a the two by four board it's like whoa this is intense but yeah it just seemed like just such a good tournament just to meet meet new people get new players into the game it just and then at the same time still play with against your friends that you know of and just yeah smash out as many games as you could like i, I think i was on like six games before lunch that i had finished and yeah <laughs> nice wow yeah that, that's that's impressive yeah and like just i i, I don't i don't know if this has become the norm for it but 38 players is a huge number of people in a small space and the fact that we're able to make everyone comfortable even though we didn't have the resources normally to fit 38 people we're talking about like 24 by 4 or 6 by 4 really big tables so you have to end up taking a whole like hall that were just upstairs in the, the mm. local gaming store and and it, it was probably towards its maximum capacity there but it was still enough for all those people and that's like from from someone who's a little bit been on the outside, like that used to be the biggest tournament in Australia size. Uh, there, I remember once having a thirty six player tournament, thinking that was just yeah. massive, and then to just have like what felt like just almost like a casual, just come and have some fun event. To have that many people show up uh, is a real testament to to the health of the game system, but also the work that Alex has done to to make people feel positive about the event. And uh, what I loved about it is that if people just weren't having the best day, there was no pressure as well. They could just head home if they had something else to do. They, It, it was just kind of the, the perfect setup for it. And I, I probably harped on about that enough for it, but it was just really good for that flexibility. And I'm really hoping that there's something that happens uh, more regularly as well because I feel like it's the kind of event I can get to and I, I don't mind if I have family duties halfway through or I get the phone call. I don't feel like I'm, I'm letting anyone down. I'll just say, yep, I'll be out in five minutes, finish the game I'm on and pack up my stuff and go. Yeah, um, well, well, I haven't chatted, having a... Ha, bah, having had <laughs> a chat to Alex, there we go, um, he definitely wants to run this event again. And I think, I think myself, Tim, and a couple of other kind of like main pillars of the community have strong-armed him into running it again in July. Pillars of the community. That, that's what I'm That's what I'm now coining. Yeah, pillars <laughs> of the community. The, the people that get shit done. Don't know why I gave myself that title, but because I don't get anything done these days. Uh, but 
<laughs> Tim, Tim don't even put out uh, episodes. Tim, I think and Tim Tiram definitely were like, you should run this again later. And I was like, I think I can find you a venue um, uh, outside of um, where we were at um, uh, in July. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully he, he does run it because, like, as we'll get into uh, in, in a moment, uh, the games were absolutely fire. Absolutely fire. So, obviously, we had a lot of games here uh, between, I think, the, the three of us. Uh, just counting here, uh, Jeremy, you had 12 games. Tyler, you had a whopping 14. <laughs> uh, I, myself, managed to get in seven games uh, in, in the afternoon. And, yeah, that's, what, 33 games between the three of us? I mean... Yeah. Well, some of them were double up, so probably, probably slightly Oh, less. yes, because we did play each other a couple of times here. But, uh, Jeremy, did you want to, like cherry pick a couple of games that you that were just absolute standouts for you and we'll just kind of go around and we'll, we'll just share a couple of our games and, and how they went okay yeah i definitely will i do want to mention the game i played against both of you but i think we talk about that together so i'll talk about the ones that i played that you wouldn't know about um and this is in no particular order and all my opponents are absolutely amazing so i'm not gonna if i don't mention it it's not because i didn't enjoy the game it's just these ones had some interesting things or, or the setup just worked really well one of them was a game where uh, i had to there was the six objectives i mentioned that at the start of the episode i played against uh tim with an arnor army so avadui and 15 uh, the tin cans whatever they are warriors of arnor and I had my Hunter Orcs. No, I did not have my Hunter Orcs. I wanted my Hunter Orcs. They would have been great. I had the Elves. So I was really worried here because one thing Elves don't particularly like is uh, Defense 6. And they don't particularly like Spam because I only had eight models. And I went really aggressive here, and which is pretty much what I did in every single game. But I basically charged in probably faster than Tim expected. And where Tariel, leading the way, just ran into as many models as possible and, and just started, like, just put everyone into combat. The bowmen, the the, the ranger, the, the cavalry, everyone just keep hitting into combat. While Tim was focused on grabbing the objectives, I just thought, I'll get the objectives on my way in, but my main focus is just to get base-to-base -base contact and just start smashing up some of these men of Arnor. And it kind of worked. I got a bit of an advantage. The elves were winning most of their combats. They would eventually grind down. Tauril did a huge amount of work. And then I started putting Arvindui under a huge amount of pressure. And because Might is such a premium here, I was going... like I had more models, but wouldn't strike up. So Arvindui was doing the strike with just him, and he survived for quite a few turns. Uh, but I was just thinking, you know what, I've got to save the Might for, for things like moves and combats and all that sort of stuff that's, that helps move the game along. I can't be throwing away throwing away dice on strikes when I'm already higher fight. It's kind of a bit of a waste of resources. And in the end, the game came down to, uh, I had three objectives, Tim had three objectives, but I had managed to break him and he had to, well, I, I got rid of Avendui. That was one of my aims. And then at the very last moment, could have been a draw, but I had a couple Warriors of Arnor fail courage tests, which apparently they're very good at if Avendui's not around and they, they disappeared. And I, I got the win there, but it was, it was really quite, dynamic i ended up having to 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 um like avoid traps sometimes because i needed models to, to distract other models i needed to put models in certain spots so every time i played i felt like i was one or two models down on what i needed but it still worked which was which was fantastic and dynamic so that was a lot of fun and, and tim's always a great opponent so that was good and the other highlight one that i had uh was one where you had five objectives along the center line oh yes yeah and i was playing against Nick 
Nick and he had Urukai and I had my elves again. So once again, the elves are the highlights. The Hunter Orcs pretty much did Hunter Orc things and just ran in and, and caused caused havoc every time they played. But the elves was always a bit more tense because they never had enough models to do what I wanted them to do. But uh, it was one I'm thinking, okay, look, I've got I've got the the speed. I've got two cavalry models. I can go check objectives, grab it, run off the board. No problem here. Nick ran up. We both moved forward after one turn, came on the board. Second turn, Nick got priority, and the first objective marker he checked was, of course, <laughs> the prize. So he's grabbed it. He had a nice column. Like, all his models were in the same spot. I had sort of spread out a little bit to try and test multiple objectives. So I had to go, like, it was like 15 or so Urukai, including a Berserker and some Pikes and uh, one of those souped-up captains from the Legendary Legion. Uh, all running down the board side, and I had to just sort of throw elves at them. I thought I was really clever. I got Tariel off a of heroic combat, killed a few, charged into another one, and then realized that was not the one that had the objective. So I used up all my resources to go kill a model that wasn't actually the one I needed to kill. So I, I probably should pay a bit more <laughs> attention there. Uh, but in the end, uh, Nick managed to get the objective carrier within one turn of the board. If he won priority, he would have easily got it off the board, won the game would shake your hands and then got got a new opponent. But I managed to get priority, threw an elf in, delayed it. Got priority the next turn, threw two elves in, and eventually got three elves into it and killed the one of the objective. And by that point, I had managed to get rid of enough Urukai that they started to break. So then I tried the long haul across the board from one side to the other on a two-foot-by-two-foot board, which only took about four turns, while Nick was failing courage tests. And I ended up getting... Uh, snatching a win out of the draw- jaws of victory, totally through the luck of the priority for a couple turns, and basically making sure that that I had optimized the killing power of, of Tariel. So that was that was huge, and I really enjoyed playing those eight model elves because never once did I feel like I was in a really strong position. Whereas the Urukai, usually after the first turn of combat, actually let's let's not lie, usually after putting my models down on the board, I felt like I had the <laughs> advantage. But with the elves. It felt like I was just, like, I always felt like I was too less. And it was probably because I put so many points into Tariel and so many points into the Cav. But in the end, they won me games. So I had an absolute ball with those two. Yeah, that sounds like a an absolute, like, ripper game, like, swinging back and forth. Like, I had a couple of games like that myself, uh, but particularly against, uh, interestingly, her Tim as well, um, against his Spiders, where the Spiders... Um, uh, uh, on their first kind of like round of combat in, did absolutely nothing, got got smacked around a bit, uh, managed to kill a couple. Next couple of turns, though, the spider swung back, got a few crucial kills, and then right as I'm, I'm in, like, I've run out of resources, I don't have any more strikes left on Ingold, Tim wins priority and goes, right, this is the turn I'm going to channel, and and make my spider invisible and charge into Ingold and just one-shot him with... um. With, with the crazy, uh, souped-up, uh, invisible spider, and Tim fails his courage test and has to use his, all of his remaining will to not run away. So it was like one of those kind of, ah, uh, so close kind of like moments where it just like kind of swung back and forth. And that's what I found with a lot of these 200-point games is that the, the dice can just, because of how like limited and like resources you are on the table with it only being 200 points, like... It's so swingy in, in terms of what stuff can can like flip the game around on, in, in in the space of space of a combat really. Uh, Tyler, what about you? How are you going? Because you had the most games out of the three of us. Surely you had a couple of bangers in there. 
I had like four quality games that I was like, wow, this definitely put me under the pump. Um, so funny enough, uh, Tim was one of them, and I had to play <laughs> Spiders with my Corsairs, and we played Chance Encounter. And I'm like, oh, man, I am – we have the same model. I think maybe he was one model less. And I was like, ah, man, I am – I feel like I may be screwed. And I was like, wait, the boson's a banner. It's okay. We'll be fine. So then I basically isolate an area um, or a section of the board, allow Dalamere and a Reaver and a Reaver to go into two spiders and then – um, allow the boson to be in a sort of quality position to sort of have a banner effect and blockaded the area to where the two arbalists took up enough space alongside the reavers that even if the even if like one spider charged in i in theory would have three attacks plus the banner re-roll so i at least had a good chance even if they charged um it was just crazy because like the first two turns or the first turn i kill three spiders and he killed an arbalista and i was like okay that's 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 great and then the next turn uh he won the heroic move and he basically pinned everyone and then basically i couldn't get through a section of the board with dalamir because basically he blocked off the, the entrance with a spider and then he casted shroud of shadows and I was like, oh, wow, that's a that's a thing. Oh. Um, totally forgot about that aspect. That is such um, a creative use of Strata Shadows to use the invisibility to stop you going through the gap because it would take courage, like a really awkward courage test. Exactly. Oh, so I actually brilliant. I had to actually pass and use both will points for Dalamir to get through just to get to the sh- the guy that was shroud of shadows on my bosun and i was like oh man i feel like i'm in more danger here because like i have to sh- i i was like oh well if he doesn't roll the six and i get it it's like oh i'll be fine but if he rolls the six and i don't oh i'm so screwed it ended up being uh it swung my way the neck that turn and the following turn basically he killed like uh three of my models and i was down to three models he was down to two and the game ended because he was quartered and he was if he had killed one more model we would have drawn oh that was the crazy bit and and you being corsairs too timmy's like timmy would be wounding you on threes re-rolling ones yes so like (laughs) like was i I, i'm sure knowing tim's dice rolling ability there was like a combat or two where he just Rolls a one, Absolutely re-rolls blocked. a one, or something like that, and he'd be kicking himself at the end of the game, going, man, if that, if that kill had just gone through. Yeah, I think he didn't even, well, the thing, the cheeky thing that he didn't realize was Ashrak was chargeable with one of my Reavers, so he was like, oh, I'm in a heroic channel, and I was like, okay, and I, and I had priority, and he was like, oh, you could see him, and I was like, yep. And I just charged a reaver into him. And it was it definitely then he tried to get a spider in and the spider fluffed. And he was just like, really? Really? That's how this is going to go? And it was, yeah, I definitely felt bad for him in that instance. I was like, yeah, that reaver should definitely be gone. Like, without a doubt. <laughs> no question. Um, in terms, yeah, that was a fantastic game. And uh, another game that really pushed me to the brink 
Oh man, uh, the black Numenorean captain on horse with lance. Yeah, I know the list you're talking about. Yeah. And oh man, Callum just Callum, pushed yeah. at his black nuns. I was like, what is this? I was, and it was on a low key. <laughs> oh, key was... I am so glad I didn't pull Callum's black Numenoreans. I got his other force, <laughs> which was his dwarves, instead. And I got to play that with the, with the Azog's Legion instead of the other way around, which would have been the Gondor into the Black Numbs. And I'm like, mm, don't like that. Don't like that at all. Yeah, the core, the in that game, I had ended up playing Corsair, so the Reavers helped. But the issue was, though, was that I had, it was Maelstrom. And so all some of my Reavers, I had to put them into positions where they couldn't, charge the other because the bosun was off in la la land <laughs> in the corner and i was just like uh i don't know how i'm gonna deal with this and so like i had to use the woodland terrain so they couldn't actually charge each other <laughs> if they didn't pass their courage checks and so i was like okay here we go and fortunately i just ended up withering down dalamir was an absolute g Bosun was a G. They just them two together just wiped away so many black numbs, and and then being able to it came down to um, the Bosun. No, no, it was Dalamir and a Reaver, and and basically the Reaver one v one the uh, black numb captain, um, and Dalamir was just sitting in the middle in uh, within range of the objective. And the Reaver just said, two wounds, nine-nine. And I was like, yep, that's a th- I love these Reavers. These Reavers are golden. Just the, just the plus one to wound is just absolutely crazy to me with them. And, and you were forgetting um, their, that, uh, their, their extra plus one, too, ever. from the trap. So that's kind oh, of impressive. I didn't even know that was a thing. No, because Dalamir, I didn't even realize Dalamir gets it, too. Yeah. So there were so many times where I had Dalamir like, do a heroic combat, and I was like, oh, I think I wound on fives. And I'm like, how is the Reaver so much better at wounding than, <laughs> than Dalamir right now? I'm like, I am so confused. And then it's like, oh, backstabbers, by the way. I'm like, oh. That's the thing. I didn't even know he had stock unseen. <laughs> didn't know that he had Bane of Kings until the f- the day before, and I was like, "Wow." That, I definitely did. You at least that. remember his smoke bombs? <laughs> oh, I did. I actually didn't use them at all. What? what? I didn't even use them. I just used his dagger. I just used his dagger. I was just like, "The dagger's better." I need I need killing output at this point. I don't need the smoke bomb. Uh, I mean, like, I, 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 I can respect that uh, strength three with rerolls on on the poison and stuff. But, uh... it it's just it's just way i found it a lot more consistent and i was like man the probability of me rolling the one on the smoke bomb is very high therefore <laughs> i'm not going to use it so at least when i roll it i won't feel as bad um uh the, what was it then there was uh yeah so that cow game was crazy pushed me to the brink and then we had another corsairs game against wood elves against rob in chance encounter and that was just Oh man, having to use the Arbalistas as an escort service for my Reavers was a godsend. It was just so good just to be able to have them sort of take the initial like throwing dagger hits or the um, bows. I was just like, yep, cool. I'm like, yay, defense six shooting against shooting. This is great. I love this. So using them to take so much space, I think, was a lot of fun and being able to then go okay now let's do our 1v1s you're a wood elf and i'm and you don't have a spear and i'm a reaver i have two attacks let's get it and just 
absolutely just mints. But the the crazy part was just the ability to use the reverse for me just to be able to take so much space and then just just sort of shrug off some of that shooting was just so so good. Um, and then lastly was the game against Jude. We had it was the one where it's like the three objectives are set up Divide and conquer. Um, on each side. No, no, no. It was like three objectives. Oh, so the, the, the six objectives. Yeah, yeah. Six objectives. Sorry, the six objectives, but three are on your side, three are on the opponent's. And I was playing with Earl the Young, which is an absolute uh, Chad at this point's level. Um, uh, I think he's probably the most OP hero at this point's level after playing him. Um, he, I just couldn't believe it. 12-inch move. I was like, oh, I'm already in your face. And so Jude picks up his three objectives i then go okay i'm gonna throwing spear the one there or one of the guys i was like eight inches away that had the first objective throwing speared him i was like i just need a five got the five then go into the other guy that has the objective because i have four inches left of movement and just was like hi i'm here and killed that guy that turned heroic combated into another two and it was just, yeah, Earl was just so crazy. At, it just, just the ability to get the strength five on the charge. The throwing spears for him was just crazy. And then going into Lurts, he basically trapped Earl. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll just strike up. And we both strike. Of course, Jude, oh, I felt so bad. He just rolled the one on the strike. And I was like, of course. And I got a 10. <laughs> and the might was free from Earl. Yeah. And so I just rolled, I think I just rolled the six and just killed all the other Urukai and then put two wounds on Lurch. And I was like, yep, I think this is about to be game. And then the next turn, the just yeah. the other Rohan Royal Guard rocked up with the throwing spears and it was just. Delete, yeah. It was just so good. Yeah. It was yeah. All right. So it <laughs> sounds like we had like some absolutely insane games, but we have two more that I think we, we need to have a quick chat about. Jeremy, <laughs> you played me and you also mm. had a game against Tyler and. These games were fire. Absolute fire. Yeah, I want to talk about the Tyler yeah. one first. And then, Tyler, I want you to chime in as well because it's be interesting to see what you're thinking here because I came against uh, your Corsairs with my elves and I believe we were playing the uh, one you just had to bring the other person to quarter. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was I was absolutely well. I didn't actually ask you what was in your list, which is always classic tournament strategy. Like that's that's the peak performance there. <laughs> so I, I I looked at the corsairs. I'm like, oh, this looks like something Kylie would take. <laughs> uh, so I've got like I'm thinking, oh my god, there's gonna be so many throwing weapons. I see some ones with a crossbow. I'm like I'm just gonna get shot right off the table. I'm in so much trouble here. Uh, and then I realized like after turn two or something, or after turn one, that those um. Corsairs are all Reavers, but then I had the old Reaver profile in my head, so I'm thinking, okay, Defense 3 I can deal with, but uh, Fight 5 is going to cause me heaps of problems, but apparently they're not that anymore right. either, and uh, so I was I was expecting Tyler to, to shoot me off the table, but I had um, my Sentinel, oh, not my Sentinel, my Merkle Ranger with a little bit of terrain nearby, so I was able to make sure that I had, had that if I needed to get a shot or two off. Uh, I think Tyler thought I had Tyrell's bow, which I didn't. Um, yeah. So I think that probably changed the tactic slightly. But in the end, we both did end up just basically running, running at, at each other. Each. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we ran at each other. And um, I was kind of lucky enough that Tyler took a pathway along a, a ruin. 
but ended up sort of trapping himself against that ruin. And because I had some maneuverability, a bosun stuck his head out around the corner and then every elf cavalry in my army, all two of them, decided they were going to run him down because my banners had won me so many games and I thought if I can get rid of that banner reroll, I've got a chance. And as soon as it popped its head out, I don't know if it was a tactical thing. Tyler, were you trying to get it killed or was that uh, uh, I, some, yeah, something I Yeah, I kind of... I because I knew going in, as soon as you said elves and we had the same model count, I was like, okay, probability that I'm actually going to be able to take... I, I didn't want a slow game either where I'm just using my Corsair Arbalistas to just shoot throughout the entirety of the game. So I was just like, let's just get into it. Run in. I don't mind. Let's just see if we roll well. If we don't, it's all good. And it was just one of those things where I was like, I'll just take some space. If he wants to charge, he can charge. The bosun to go around, I was just like, yeah, it just needed, I just wanted to see if if you ended up rolling bad for your dice. I was like, okay, well, if I can definitely take advantage as soon as you don't roll a six. Mm. Um, and the other thing as well, it's just like, okay, so Bane, of, I was like, Dalamir's going to have such a hard time. You have the Elven Blade. It's just, the matchup entirely was just not going to be in my favor. And I was like, I just didn't want to, just sit there for like 30 minutes trying to just shoot for days and so i was like now nah, let's just get into it see how we roll and kind of go from there that was that was sort of my thought process because i was like yeah probability that i'm gonna get any when any roll-offs or even win fights with you having the banner i was like yeah this game is going to be a GG. Um, <laughs> and like, and I was like, yeah, Ty I'm like, Tario has Knife Fighter too. And I'm like, yep, mm, mm, that's that's scrumptious. I'm like, <laughs> when you charge into two Reavers and we both have the same attacks, I'm like, ah, yep, that's a thing. See, see this is where uh, I would yeah, say so that your uh, smoke bombs would have come in clutch here to bring those elves down to fight one. Not when you're, uh, not... <sighs> It's one of those things where not when it you can't win a, the roll offs to actually move first. Um, mm, that was that, my, my best tactic was winning the roll offs. Yes. That, that was that, that was <laughs> genius. Yeah. Tried and true, uh, top tier top top tier strategy. Win the roll offs. Yeah. Win the roll offs. Just roll sixes. Win the roll offs, and you'll be fine. It's just it comes in clutch. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a fantastic game. I just wanted to get in as many games as possible. So as soon as I sort of saw the matchup, and I was like, okay. So you want to run in, see if he rolls the sixes. If he rolls the sixes, cool, awesome, GG. It was a quick game, and then get into other games as well. Because that, that's where I was like, yeah, I, w I wanted to get to 15, and I was pushing so hard for it, and I was like, <laughs> one game off. <laughs> yeah, makes no makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, you almost got Tarrell though, because I went into yes. those two Reavers. Um, I had my Glaive banner behind it, so I'm sitting at like most of my might. I'm sitting with four attacks. I've got the banner reroll. I've got the the banner support, which is a neg one, but it's still a support. And you won the first combat and almost killed her. And was, <laughs> my face dropped a bit. I'm like, oh no, not this way, not like this. <laughs> Yeah, but I then the second combat. I didn't realize she was uh, defense six. I thought she was defense no, five. No, defense five. five. Yeah, yeah. Or no. Oh, was yeah, it defense, defense five? five. Yeah, either. Oh, no, no, no. That's what it was. I couldn't go mindless. That's what it was. So I couldn't go. You, you couldn't get to, to fours to get. You get the five. I couldn't get the. I could get the five. To five to and I got two wounds, and then you faded both of them. And you're like, yep, faded. And I'm like, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I passed fate. Wait, Jeremy passed <laughs> like, okay, fate. That no never happens. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> it was good. It was. I it was felt the good really luck good. charm. Clearly, I was the good luck charm. It was good. <laughs> it 
but it was all I totally forgot about that play. Oh wow, yeah, that's a thing. I yeah. I just remember Dalamir just absolutely getting like doinked and I was like, ah, okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm gone. <laughs> and then, well, he never died, but he got... Uh, did he die? I can't remember. But yeah, he got stuck no, no, in the corner. Oh, no, 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 no. He, he got down to one wound, no fate. And then the boson just got murked. And I was like, yes. ha. Yep. This is the thing. Yeah, Elk Cap this game. have a tendency <laughs> to do that. Yeah, 100%. It's so good. I, 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 yeah, one of the most underrated... Yeah, I think they're definitely better than Lothlorien Kev, by far. And considering they're two points cheaper. Or two points... To potentially four points cheaper. It's just yeah, just having that ten as well on a two by two board was huge. Oh, they just don't have to bother with shooting. You just go straight in. You do everything you've got is based on combat. So you just get into combat, and they they do work. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Kylie, let's talk about yeah, our game. So our game, our game was really really interesting, even from like the first turn because we had uh, retrieval as our one, which is the the capture the flag for those playing at home. And mm, I was playing country? my Gondor, so I had Ingold, a bunch of um, bunch of the, the the Tin Can Shield Wall dudes and, and stuff. And Jeremy was playing his elves. And yep, I'm got thinking, my elves. Well, we both have a banner. I have way more attacks on average here uh, since I have more models. But those those cavalry are going to be an absolute pain in my behind. So I'm thinking, all right, we'll try and play this a bit slow, try and take some space. And then there was this awkward moment where I'm like, well, Jeremy has the has has a bow, has good positioning, and if I don't run into the middle and actually put pressure on Jeremy's back objective, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble because I'll just be on the back foot. Because I can't let... I, if there's one thing I've learned from playing you, Jeremy, after all these years, it's don't don't let you have space on the table. Don't have you let you have room to maneuver. And I just didn't want you to, to be fighting me basically within a couple of inches of my objective. Uh, so I decided to like run straight at your face. Uh, hope that my like defense eight, defense seven shield wall was would hold out, and then kind of go from there. Which it <laughs> sort of did? Question mark. So I, uh, once again, didn't bother asking Kylie what she had. Just saw a Gondor army, and I thought, right, Gondor army, defense six, Tarryl goes in, spends all her might, kills four of them, and then we reassess after that turn. So I did that, went straight to the middle, and Kylie's like, yeah, you need sixes to wound. What? Why? And because you had Ingold, he basically maintained a shield wall with them, which I totally forgot was a thing. And uh, then spent three points of might on Tariel to kill two of the first guys that I charged. I don't know if I killed any no, in the second it, rank. It was only two might to kill the front two. So you heroic combat and then one more might to kill the other one. But when you consolidated yep. into the next two guys, you had to spend your last point of might to win the combat. And then you completely fluffed your to wound roll and did nothing. True. So I, I spent three points of yes. might to kill two models, which is always efficient. So that, that was clever of me, meaning that you had all the board control yeah. there. So at that point, it was just throw my models forward as, as I had been doing the entire day. This was my last game, and I just thought, you know what, I've got to, I've got to just keep putting the pressure on. And what I had learned is that the Elf Cavalry are really good at grabbing yeah. objectives. So I managed to go around the corner, use my expert rider to pick up an objective, and then pretend to run away. So I thought, you know what, I can I can run away. But I also knew that my cav are my best hitters. So my formation was basically one cav model and one model uh, protecting the objective, whole two models, 
Like I had four models in the middle and then I had two models getting the objective, a bowman and a, a cav model. And for somehow, and I don't know how this worked, Kylie, I was killing you at a much faster rate than yeah. you were killing me. So I, I maintained my models. I think I had three or four that died throughout the game, but I managed to break you and I did do a surprise move with my yeah. cavalry. Oh, what was that? Now I, I have to geek out about this moment because this, this was, this was like, this, this gave me flashbacks to like circa 2008 or something like that. Um, mm. No, that's, that's too far back. No, no, it's about that. It's like circa 2008, you got little mini Kylie, although I was still six foot tall, sitting in our club room, and Jeremy showing me all these fancy tricks, uh, specifically completely styling on me um, with an all-mounted Rohan force. Um, this is this is the flashback that I'm getting, and I distinctly remember Jeremy grabbing the objective and disengaging, and then full screening off the one model with the objective, and then getting away. And I'm seeing Jeremy pick up my artifact, because, you know, Jeremy won a lot of the uh, the, the, the crucial priorities in this game. Yeah. Correct. Always yeah, the best thing to do. in the mid-game, although I won a couple in the late <laughs> game that were, that were helpful, but not helpful enough. But irrelevant. Yeah. You won the bad ones. Uh, so Jeremy comes in, grabs my objective, gets away from, like, moves five inches away from my stuff, and then brings a couple of elves to screen off this cavalry model, and I'm like, "Oh no, oh no, I'm I'm in trouble here. I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to lose because Jeremy's just going to run off with the objective, uh, and then slowly slowly whittle me down or, or or something of that ilk." And then I'm like, "All right, I got to capitalize it. I think I got an idea." So I like brought my cab, my one cavalry model out. I got into a position. I made sure I had Ingol in range to like call her at moves and stuff, and, and try and like position that way to like have a chance of going for um, Jeremy's uh, cavalry model with the objective. And then Jeremy completely surprises me on the next turn, where instead of disengaging and running away with the VPs, turns around, complete turn and burn tactics. And just smashes straight into my Citadel Guard with, with his cavalry model. Wipes them both out in that turn. And I'm like, you you, you, you charged? I'm in danger. What? <laughs> this is the complete opposite of what I expected Jeremy to do. And, and I was just like absolutely baffled. Because like, I, had, I don't think I've ever played a game with you, Jeremy, where you've turned and burned like that after masking your move so so magnificently like it's rare i get caught off guard in games but golf clap jeremy you completely caught me off guard <laughs> of that. completely just pulled me out of position by by and like completely screening off your own guys and then yeah just going well you're out of position now smack and then hit, hitting me with the with, with the cap charge it was abs absolutely gorgeous absolutely gorgeous and if you knew I was going to do that, you would have set up a bit more of a defensive yeah. screen there, but you basically let it so I had a cavalry, a cavalry path to your two Citadel Guard and an infantry path to your rider. And I had to break you and I had to I had to finish the game because I knew you would get the, um, the objective eventually. So I needed to make sure that I was still killing. And I can't have one of my best attack models like running away with an objective when I could be smashing Citadel Guard with it. So I turned around, and one of the other things I've learned about playing you, Kylie, and this is for anyone who plays <laughs> Kylie, you've got to remember this, you've got to do something you don't expect because 
that's pretty much the only way to to make sure that you get an advantage somewhere because most of the time you're pretty good at predicting what's going on. So the chance you've got to be unpredictable at times and setting up, making it look like I'm doing something and then doing the opposite. And and it would look, it was a last minute tactic. It wasn't my plan, but once I saw it, cause I, I was going to, I was going to bring it around and help out with the others in the middle. I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll go and, and help out over there and make sure that, that, uh, I can get back and maybe save Tauriel and, and do that. But it just opened up for me. And I thought, what safer place to be than back at this objective where you've only got a shoestring force and you don't expect me to come back to it because I've already got what yeah, I wanted and, from and, it. And that yeah, was your weak models. Because like, the, thing, the thing that sold it for me was you pulling resources to screen. And you screened it off really, really, really well. Like, my plan going into the next turn was was win the the heroic move roll off which sadly i lost um and then get in <laughs> yep. heroic combat with ingol to repeal off the models so i could get into into that um into that cavalry model so that basically then the next turn i would have the guaranteed because at this point uh jeremy was was um you know running low on resources um have the heroic move with ingol to push my cav into your cav that was running away and it just completely, completely fluffed. It just, it, it was, yeah, one of those kind of gotcha moments. And I, I always love it when I see, uh, see players, you know, drop those gotchas on me. I, you've done a couple of really curly ones in in the past like twelve months, Jeremy. Uh, I distinctly remember another game of Davids where you did a, a similar play against my Aragorn, and yeah, it was just, it was an absolute ripper game too. Because uh, I, when you came back to, I thought. Or maybe I can go for uh, an all-in on um, Tariel, which which did work. I got the kill on Tariel, but the the turn and burn from from that cavalry to come in, kill my Citadel guard, and then basically going, well, I did trade off Tariel, but that's all I traded. So you still had all seven other elves, I think. Oh, maybe maybe it was six other elves at this point, but I was down to like the last remnants of my Gondorians and, and Ingol was now out of might because he used his last point to kind of kill Secure on Tariel. So it was just, it was so magnificently done, this last little engage. I was just, I'm definitely going to be remembering that play uh, going going forward because it was <laughs> really, 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 really cool. No, it was it was a fun one. Uh, that said, you, you're underselling. Ingold managed to be one turn away from picking up the yeah. objective as well because he did carve out my entire back back my two models guarding <laughs> objective. He managed to take out one. I, I I played slow there, so I thought you know what I'll I'll um, I'll put the cab at the back and I have to block off the objective, so it's going to be in charge range of you. But if I win a priority, at least you have to spend might to get the charge off and and waste your resources there. Uh, you killed the the screening elf in front of it. Killed the cavalry model. We're one turn away, but at that turn we we're down to uh, the whatever the the end conditions were—the break and run, or the um, I think it was a break and yeah, roll break one. And roll. But uh, we finished up the game, and I had an objective. I had moved it. I had danced it around. I took it to the side. I took it back to near the flag, but not entirely on it, and then uh, managed to win the game that way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely amazing. So. Yeah, I, I think th- I think that's kind of like all our games and stuff. So just before we kind of like wrap up and kind of like uh, let everyone know kind of how we went, um, mm. yeah, what what are your kind of final thoughts on 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 this format uh, on armies? What you would like to try? Uh, hopefully, maybe in July, if uh, Alex is so kind to run this again. And yeah, where did you place overall, Jeremy? 
<laughs> um, I managed to, well, for, for start, I think my strategy of taking armies that could do everything and took banners in each of my army really paid off in that I didn't feel like I had, I didn't have the tools in any game. I managed to win all 12 of them and probably three out of the 12 of those were just absolutely up to the dice. It wasn't like you put the models in the right spot. But the dice still have to behave themselves and do what you want to do. And I was on a little bit of a roll with key heroic moves and key heroic uh, priorities and, and things like that happening. So I had, had a good event. Won the 12 games. Uh, no, absolutely. Normally I'm on the other side of that. So it was kind of nice to have the... But they behaved... The, the dice did bad things at other times, but, but not for the key moments, which was really nice of them. So I won all 12 of my games um, and I got what... what I'm the most proud of actually, in terms of awards, I've got the best sports, which meant that I would look. I don't know how how many votes get. I played a lot of games. Twelve games was a highish number. Um, there was only one person I think who got more games in. We'll talk about them soon. But I got clearly at least three or four people put me down as as the person that they most enjoyed playing against, which is really interesting because oftentimes when you're winning, it's hard to get sports votes yeah. because. Oftentimes, it's like sports is oftentimes for like the happiest loser. And I wasn't the happiest loser. I was the happiest winner because I was winning all my games. But it was really nice to, to get that. So clearly, I was engaging people. And I think because you had to ask people for games, you had to keep them really positive and you had to do that. And anytime someone made a mistake, I just said, look, just, just do what you would have done if you, if you had that knowledge and just fix it up. So there's a few times and Mike went back on models because they struck against something that they didn't need to or, or all that sort of stuff. I just thought, no, I don't want to win the game that way. And uh, yeah, so this is, I think, I think from memory, my maybe my first best sports, which is yeah, something something very special. Maybe it's because I haven't been on the scene for a while and I was a, a new face for people. Yeah, I didn't there, know who I was. There was, was a lot of new players but, at this tournament. I will say that. Um, yeah, but no, that, that was yeah, really good. I, I had an absolute blast. Because uh, like, I, I was only... I, I got in fairly late. I got in... So the tournament ran from 10am uh, to 6pm. I arrived at like 1.30. And sat down and got my first game in at 2. So I only had half the amount of playing time. as kind of like the, the rest of the field. And I, I had an absolute blast. Because I, I had basically... One might say tactically... Uh, uh, but in truth, it was just, it was the closest point to the door. Uh, I sat up right next to Alex, who was TOing the whole event. And I got to see all these players come up to Alex and have these Ripper games against Alex, as well as, you know, being in this kind of prime position to get, you know, a, a really good look at a lot of the games kind of around me. So even whilst I was playing, I was able to, like, check out, you know, what what Jude and, and, and Chris was doing on, on the board next to me, you know, see who was wagering against Alex, because that was the other really kind of cool mechanic that I don't think we've quite touched on yet, is that because the points were so small, Alex was trying to come up with a way to, like, uh, kind of spice it up a little bit, so you could wager your wins against Alex, uh to kind of up yourself on the tournament board uh, a little more. So you could wager up to three three wins um, and you would either double your wins or lose all your wins depending on how you uh, went against Alex. And I know there was quite a few players that um, decided to just wager wins and uh, VPs against Alex. Uh, there's actually one person in the tournament because uh, you didn't actually have to have wins to, to, to wager. You could 
wager three wins and not have any wins and then go into the negative. So there was someone who ended the tournament with negative score uh, at the end of this. Uh, Thomas <laughs> actually ended up with a negative three uh, a total battle score at the end. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, I just being next to the kind of the TO and kind of like having that bit of that reminisce of like, I remember when I ran tournaments and, and just kind of sitting there and, and seeing all these people stress completely against Alex. And Alex has no stake in the game whatsoever. He's the TO. He doesn't care. So he's just he's just relishing in in all the stress he's, like, absorbing off, off his opponent, like some sort of weird kind of, like, gaming succubus or something like that. Just drinking in the tears and stress of, of his opponents who are like, oh, God, I'm wagering three wins against this. This is going to either make or break my tournament. And it was, yeah, just absolutely... <laughs> a delight to like just kind of like sit there relax and just just have some fun you know hmm. tyler um yeah it was yeah yeah i ended up getting uh, the most games played and best general just because i ended up winning 13 of my 14 games and the only loss uh went to yours truly jeremy Mm. um and yeah it was it was one of those things where it was just like it was like rapid fire just like oh yep let's get this game done cool on to the next on to the next it just kept sort of continued to cascade so like by lunchtime i think i was on six six wins or six oh and everyone was like yeah i played like three games and i'm like oh wow okay i'm going a little bit fast paced and it's just it was it was a lot of fun and i i'm one of those players that i will allow like things to go back um if people want to do something differently hey by all means like i'm not i'm not here to like this is meant to be a very casual event chill out like i one of my favorite games i think was against matt edwards and it was just the fact that he had a little thing going on against jacob because they both had pippin and they were like Mm -hmm. who's pippin's gonna do better and so i basically was like i only sent i it was like the rest of my army sort of chopped the, a lot of the citadel guard ministerial guys and so we got to the end of the game and i was like i'm legit backing up all like like six of my royal guard and earl are backing away and allowing a citadel guard and uh pippin to fight the one royal guard and i'll just roll one dice in it and i was just like he won like two or three combats and he just couldn't get the wound with Pippin. And I'm just like, ah, just please just kill him. Just kill the Royal Guard. Get the tally. Like, that's all I want. And he's just, yeah, like just stuff like that just made the tournament just like so fun and casual in a sense. And just being just uh, being so casual to the point where it's not sort of intimidating to new players and it encourages them to sort of come back was probably the best thing that I thought. And then obviously being able to give advice about like hey maybe think about doing this or that um yeah and then obviously it makes me want to potentially like play um uh what was it it's um wanting to play like a potentially just a no-named hero list just like generic captain and just see how that goes or um just something i either haven't played before potentially like woeses or the my favorite would probably be hobbits in in actuality because just seeing how many hobbits you could actually get in at 200 points just fantastic but yeah that's yeah that's definitely one of the highlights and just being able to pump through 14 games i was like yeah this is awesome this is so good just having being able to know that you're like oh i got 14 games in versus like over usually over that time 
during a normal tournament, you're only getting the three in, and she's just like, ah, but I want to play more. Mm-hmm. Like, there's times where I'll be like, first day, and I'm like, I've gotten through three games, and I'm like, juiced up, and I'm like, man, I could go for a fourth game right now. And it's like, ah, nope, I got to save it for tomorrow. <laughs> but otherwise, it was Yeah, like, um, I mean, mm. I, I think at the end of the day, like, this little, you know, Blitz 200, 200 point, like, speed tournament just ended up being I, I think the exact thing the, the community at least in victoria uh needed in that moment because it galvanized a lot a lot of interest among amongst a lot of players because we had so many players uh rocking up to the event too there was a lot of networking going on and kind of like realizing that you know hey some people are moving from this area of the state to another or some some players came from out from rural victoria in and kind of allowing them to network amongst themselves and figure out oh we can hold a game little game day in our little group or uh yeah no this group uh our east exists and it was really good to see that kind of like networking happening within the scene too because i i think one of the things that this tournament really did was bring all of the kind of groups from around Victoria or at least have a representative to really kind of let other people know that yes we have a community it's pretty far reaching across the state let's actually you know get together and, 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 and play some games so and, and set some more games up for the future so that was you know absolutely great to see hmm alright well thank you Jeremy thank you Tyler for joining me uh this evening to, to, to record this little episode. I hope you both enjoyed yourselves and, and kind of giving us a little bit of a recap for tournaments. We did. I did. Yeah. I'm speaking on behalf of Tyler as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm glad that is the case because uh, without further ado, the only thing left we have to say, as always, is Trap Swing Game. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.